Chapter Twelve of the Story of John Wesley, told to boys and girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Story of John Wesley, told to boys and girls, by Marianne Curlew. Chapter Twelve. I wonder if my readers know any boys or girls who sneer and look down upon their school companions because they are not so well dressed as themselves. It is a cruel, unkind, unchristlike thing to do. I remember seeing a little girl, and it was in a Sunday school too, who had on a new summer frock and a new summer hat, and oh, Edie did think she looked nice. She kept smoothing her frock down, and looking at it, and then tossing her head. By her side sat a sweet-faced little girl, about a year younger than Edie. Annie's dress was of print, and quite plainly made, but very clean and tidy. After admiring herself a little while, Edie turned to Annie, and thinking, I suppose, that she might be wearing a pinafore, and have a frock underneath, she rudely lifted it up and finding it really was her dress. She turned away with a very ugly, disgusted look on her face, and said scornfully, What a frock! Proud, thoughtless boys and girls never know the hurts they give, and the harm they do. The boys in Georgia were no better than some boys in England. At a school where one of the Methodists taught, there were some poor boys who wore neither shoes nor stockings and their companions who were better off, taunted them and made their lives miserable. Their teacher did not know what to do, and asked Mr. Wesley for advice. I'll tell you what we'll do, he said. We'll change schools. Mr. Wesley taught a school, too, and I'll see if I can cure them. So the two gentlemen changed schools, and when the boys came the next morning, they found they had a new teacher. And this new teacher, to their astonishment, wore neither shoes nor stockings. You can imagine how the boys stared, but Mr. Wesley said nothing, just kept them to their lessons. This went on for a week, and at the end of that time, the boys were cured of their pride and vanity. Though Mr. John and Mr. Charles Wesley were so good, they were not perfect. They said and did many unwise things and only saw their mistake when it was too late. One thing was they expected the people to lead the same strict lives they did, and to believe everything they believed. This, of course, the people of Georgia would not do. They thought their ways were just as good as Mr. Wesley's, and I dare say in some things they were. Instead of trying to persuade them, and explaining why one way was better than another, Mr. Wesley told them they must do this, and they mustn't do that, until at last they got to dislike him very much. One woman got so angry that she knocked him down. I am sure you will all feel very sorry when you read this, for Mr. Wesley was working very hard amongst them, and thought he was doing what was right. Mr. Charles did not get on any better at Frederica, where he had gone to work and preach. 
like his brother he was very strict and expected too much from the people he tried and tried not seeing where he was to blame and at last wearied and disappointed he returned to england after he had gone mr john took his place at frederica hoping to get on better than he had done at savannah it was of no use he stayed for twelve weeks but things only seemed to get worse and worse at last he had to give up and go back to savannah things however were no better there and before long he too began to see that his mission had been a failure and he returned to england a sadder and a wiser man in spite of all their mistakes mr john and his brother must have done some good in georgia for the missionary who went after them wrote and said mr wesley has done much good here his name is very dear to many of the people it must have made the brothers glad to read this for it is hard when you have been doing what you thought was right then find it was all wrong on his return voyage to england mr wesley had time to think about all the things that happened in georgia he was feeling dreadfully disappointed and discouraged he had given up everything at home on purpose to do good to the people out there he had meant to convert the indians and comfort and help the christian exiles and he was coming back not having done either poor mr wesley and the worst of it was the more he thought about it all the more he began to see that the fault was his own there was another thing he discovered about himself on that voyage home they encountered a fearful storm when everyone expected to be drowned during those awful hours mr wesley found out almost to his own surprise that the very thought of death was a terror to him he knew then that there was something wrong for no christian ought to fear to die so mr wesley went down on his knees and told god how wrong he had been that he had thought too much of his own opinions and trusted too much in himself he asked god to give him more faith more peace more love he was always glad afterwards that he had gone to georgia and thanked god for taking him into that strange land for his failure there had humbled him and shown him his weakness and his failings it is a grand thing when we get to know ourselves let us be always on the lookout for our own faults and when we see them fight them i would like to close this chapter with an acrostic i once heard on the word faith it is a little thing folks yes and big folks often find hard to understand perhaps this may help you what is faith f a i t h full assurance confidence having no doubt in trusting him jesus end of chapter 12 recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida